the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. the clicker for the studio i have to get the view off my tv i don't know what it's a view of but it's like 30 feet in a trailer park it's making me sick to look at these idiots just like it's making me sick to listen to these spin doctors the frauds the witchcraft coming out of washington dc as the exact wrong medicine is being applied to the economy which will send the economy into a tailspin the likes of which these idiots will survive Because they don't pay for anything, from gas to life itself. Everything is on you and me, we the people. Pay for their mistakes, their failures, their corruption, their foibles, or as we call it, government. You know, the Federal Reserve has never been challenged to the Supreme Court as the legitimacy of it. Jerome Powell should mean nothing to me and you. Instead, he just raised all of the payments from your credit card to your debt service, and a variety of different avenues. But what he did really is take away the equity of your dollar the whole time telling you he's helping you. When they help you is when you should be most nervous. Do you remember what he said a year ago? We're not even thinking about thinking about, thinking about raising rates. Um. Let's go through that. We're not even thinking about thinking about thinking of raising rates. That's three thinkings. Apparently they did none of those things. We're not even thinking about thinking about thinking about raising rates. Um, we're, we're, we're totally focused on um, providing the economy the support that it will need. We think that the economy will need highly accommodative monetary policy and the use of our tools for an extended period. And we're absolutely committed. See, now, when this money was going out, although welfare roaches got a little bump in their pay, subsidies went up a little bit and PPP loans went out, massive amounts went to. The banksters, the gangsters, the real gangsters, Wall Street. Massive amounts went to Europe. Massive amounts went to the IMF banking system. Massive amounts of fraud went around the world. What you're experiencing, I hear these people talk about inflation, too much money chasing too many goods. That's from the 70s. This is a monetary scheme that has corrupted the world. We're the bad guys in the story, not the good guys. And we've brought this upon ourselves. And it's scum like Jerome Powell, who doesn't know what he's doing. Clearly guessing this was just a year ago. And if that's, oh, that's too far. Things change in a year. You're right. How about a month ago? Steve Leisman, CNBC. Thanks for taking uh, my question, Mr. Chairman. Uh, You talked about using 50 basis point rate hikes or the possibility of them in coming meetings. Uh, Might there be something larger than 50? Is 75 or a percentage point possible? Um, And perhaps you could walk us through your calibration 
why one month should we, or one meeting should we expect the 50? Why something bigger? Why something smaller? What what is the uh, the reasoning for the for the level of of the amount of tightening? Thank you. Sure. So um, seventy five basis point uh, an increase is not something the committee is actively considering because they knew then, as they know now, this will destroy about forty percent of the country's chance of living paycheck to paycheck of existing. This will send more and more people onto welfare rolls, which is ultimately the goal. But this also sends a massive increase into the pockets. Of who exactly? You've listened to the show. I've had financial uh, excellence, professors, uh, theorists, all on. Who gets the money? Because this may affect your credit cards, and this may affect short-term loans, arms that are coming up. This will affect the ordinary man. But this affects every man because the cost of the national debt just increased. That's what this is. That's a big problem. Because they're going to get that money come hell or high water. And they can get it through a variety of different tactics. Mainly, backdoor taxes. Taxes on taxes. As you're paying sales taxes on inflated items. This is a big win for the club you're not in. And in there lies the problem. So as they do this reluctantly, I don't know what we're doing. It's more of an admission that the Federal Reserve is a corrupt system. Not helping to stabilize anything. They're the ones that created the chaos. What they are simply doing is enriching themselves at the detriment to the ordinary person. Even rich people, by the way. Everyone says, oh, the rich can afford it. The rich are the ones that will stop producing, stop investing, stop the private economy growing. The goal of an incompetent fascistic government is to make capitalists and business in the shadows, afraid of operating. That is when they could do something as outrageous, and I mean completely and totally outrageous, as writing a letter to oil private companies to tell them to produce more and make less. Tom, let's talk about those record gas prices. Just this morning, the president taking aim at oil companies. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, the president writing a letter to the CEOs of seven oil companies, specifically saying that Vladimir Putin deserves the credit for this spike in oil and gas prices. But he is also calling on oil companies to explain their profits and specifically their refining reduction. Here's what now, now I want you to just take that in. Explain your profits. Who are you, you wrinkled ass old fraud? You political whore who's never done a damn thing in your life. Explain your real estate holdings. Explain your wardrobe costs. Explain your net worth, you rat crooked bastard. Explain why China gave you 31 million. Explain why Ihor Kolomoisky and the Ukrainian corrupt oligarchs gave you who knows how much money in bribery through your son. Explain. Your assets, scumbag, that you've never done anything in 50 years. Explain it. Who are you to tell private companies, not only just private companies, but ones that produce the most important product in existence, the ones that cool your house, heat your house, the ones that the common denominator of every substance you need. You want them to explain their profits? They earn their profits 50 times over. You and the government that's raking in more extortion fees called revenue from the people, you haven't earned a damn thing, and yet you just keep taking. They just gave another billion dollars to the Ukrainian in a payoff bribery scheme to the Biden family. Another billion. Where's the 54 billion, stupid? You lost the war three weeks ago. We're not going to talk about that either.
How about the Taliban taking over Afghanistan? You want to talk about anything you've ever done in your life, you failure? And that goes for the rest of you Democrat roaches, too. The president writes, he says, essentially, at a time of war, refinery profit margins are well above normal and being passed directly onto American families, and that's not acceptable. Normal, normal, normal. This is funny. Normal, 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 normal. What are normal profits? Governor, the the government drags revenue to about $5.8 trillion in taxes from the people. Is that normal? Is that normal? Where are you getting the money from? And what do you do for the people to earn the money? What is your justification for stealing $6 trillion from the private economy, from the actual working man? What do you do with the money, scum? You seem to be wasting it on every front. So the oil company, luckily, somebody over there, there's got to be at least one person with at least one testicle. They sent a letter back. We got a letter. We got some suggestions for you, dimwit in diapers. They didn't say that, my words, but here's what they did say. Lift development restrictions on federal lands and waters, number one. Designate critical energy infrastructure projects, number two. Fix the NEPA permitting process, the National Environment Policy Act. More bureaucrats scum that have driven up the prices. The problem with the prices of oil is the incompetent government, their regulations, their extortion, and their restrictions. Accelerate LNG exports and approve pending L and G applications. Huh. What do you think about that? That's a, a natural gas act and streamline the develop the department of energy. Yeah, that would be a good, good place to start. What do you say? We start there, unlock investment and access to capital. You see, because what happens now when they raise the rates, all of the companies to expand have to pay more. They have to decide how are they going to pay more? Well, one way to pay more is raise the profit margin margin which they're entitled to they actually produce something unlike 90 percent of all democrats i left out that 10 percent because those are the corrupt oligarchs that bribe the democrats to keep imploding our system so they make money those are the banksters unlock or no dismantle supply chain bottlenecks who's going to do that pete Buttigieg? he's prancing around he's awful proud of himself for failure advance lower carbon energy tax provisions what the hell is that Congress should expand and extend Section 45Q tax credits for carbon capture. You see, we've been cleaning up our own CO2. They've been applying science that they weren't re- recommended to. They're overachieving, and they're being penalized on top of it. So they'd like a little deduction. I think they should get it. Protect competitive, in-use, refining technologies. Ooh, refining technologies. Here's the part nobody wants to talk about. Under Biden's dictation, under his dictatorial usurpation of law, he's made them an added cost of refining go up from 70 cents in the summer, which was another plot, up from 35 in the winter, to nearly 95 cents a gallon in the new corn and other bull dung that they came up with for the environment. It's awful expensive, this environment. End permitting obstructions on natural gas projects. You see, we've got more natural gas than anywhere. They accidentally stumbled on it. It's not like they were really looking for it because God knows it's expensive to pull it out with the penalties, the licenses, the extortion fees the government gets. Advance the energy workforce in the future. How do you do that? Well, we would uh, like a programming in, in uh, higher learning and high school learning for STEM programs, you know, so the kids can learn something other than to prance around in their sister's clothes when they're boys or the brothers when they're girls. That would be somewhere to start. But that's not what the Biden administration is into because they want to use this 
to backdoor nationalize energy sector. See, they've had their grubby little hands all over it in little ticky-tack ways, but they've had their beady eyes on the big prize. How could we nationalize the American energy sector? You know, the way in which most totalitarian dictatorships do, like Venezuela, like Saudi Arabia, like pick a South American hellhole that has great health care, according to the Democrats' scourge. And that's what they want to do, because once they have that captured, they could tell you how much they're helping you the whole time delivering services that suck, like municipalities and Democrat-run hellholes around the country. See, this is what the goal is, to break apart the private property of our private sector in the most profitable, essential section of our economy, the energy sector. This is not an accident. This is a plan. And if you think I'm wrong, then somebody explain the idiocy and the monopoly at the same time of the corrupt Federal Reserve, which just condemned you to pay more on everything you need, thus driving up the prices almost unimaginably to circum. We don't even know. We can't even quantify what the future of this decision will make. What will happen is more delinquencies, as it's been happening for the last three months since they've been helping slow down inflations on everything from credit cards to car payments to mortgages to small business loans and the rest of it. This will start a domino effect to make 2008 look like fun times because now you don't remember it. And what happened in 2008 when they had the collapse? It's only under those circumstances that the country allowed a socialist cornerstone the government has been chasing for decades to be implemented. It's called Obamacare. And it failed so much, you don't even remember how good it used to be. What you do know is you got 50% less hospitals, 50% less doctors. So what should happen if they were to successfully usurp the energy sector? You'd have 50% less companies, 50% less production. Because that's all the government does, fail. They cannot produce anything but failure. And if you fail good enough, you get a promotion. That's the only explanation for this 80-year-old failure who's never done a damn thing in his life but lied through his caps. 312-642-5600. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest of the nation and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Well, this was going on. Congress birthing person Sylvia Garcia, who is part of the Team Viagra Slayer from Texas, had some good ideas. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I rise in support of H.R. 2543, the Financial Services Racial Equity Inclusion and Economic Justice Act. Let me repeat the words. This is what we're talking about. Racial equity, inclusion, and economic justice. I want to thank Chairwoman Waters. See, because as things get bad, these special interest ideas sound good, and they receive votes. So now she's going to appeal to uh, people who feel they're victimized by their race, and she's going to give special attention and special benefits to selected races by the government. This is completely against the idea of Americanism, but... She is, after all, a Democrat woman. They don't like Americanism. So as this collapses, and the same day they guarantee future destruction of our economy, this is a program. Now, this program is going to help absolutely nobody 
except like the Soviet Union, the old uh, uh, Germany during the, the Third Reich, uh, South America. When you're related to or bribing the government, you will get these special deals. And that's really the power the American Marxist mafia wishes to wield. That's what their goal is. The good news is my congressman, I have a wonderful congressman, his name is Byron Donalds, he uh, had a little pushback against this. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Listen, the measure in front of us today just makes no sense. This measure is actually going to make inflation worse. Why? Because you're going to put a third mandate on the Federal Reserve, a Federal Reserve that has done a poor job of actually managing price stability, the same price stability that helped, that hurts poor Americans, whether you are black, whether you are Hispanic, or whether you are white. The same price stability that hurts middle-income Americans, whether you are black, whether you are Hispanic, or whether you are white. And the only group of Americans who might even escape the sting of inflation in the United States are rich Americans who happen to be black, rich Americans who happen to be Hispanic, and rich Americans who happen to be white. She's not going for those votes, Byron. I mean, I love you. But she's not going for those votes. She's going to pull more people into poverty, into welfare, because what the Democrats understand is that is their base. That in the cemetery and illegal votes. That's the base of the Democrat mafia. The welfare roach are those who aspire to be a welfare roach and bring dignity to being a leech. That is the Democrat base. Just take a look at Illinois. Susie on the north side. Hi, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, everything that they are doing, Sean, is by design. Klaus Schwab headed for the new world order. And God help us. Well, that's people why, Susie, when I say up. this, you know, you're going to hear from, from people who are in the financial world, too much money chasing too few products. Like I said, that's the old way. Now what you've done is bastardized the world economy because you've picked, uh, you've corrupted so many different nations that they agree to use your dollar as their currency, as their base currency, because they got so much of it for free. See, you didn't really get the trillions upon trillions that have been pumped out over the last five years, the last 12, really. Foreign governments got that. So it's that foreign money also driving up foreign oil and foreign prices. It's a bigger problem than America, but it's a strategic problem. And they outflanked us. And the irony is, when you want to look around the world at who the bad guy is, it's us. And we allowed it to happen under a, uh, under a bulldung excuse of foreign policy called defense. We'll discuss that later in the show, Susie. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Paul, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Good talking to you again. Back in the day, I remember Rush Limbaugh always playing clips about how the left lamented. Why, uh, why is America paying $1.80 a gallon when the poor people in Europe are paying two fifty a gallon? And now... They don't care. That's why you don't see one. All these state governors ran for lockdowns, ran for masking, stay home, stay on your knees, pray in front of the TV. And now when they can maybe pull back on the gas tax, pull back on a sales tax, and I know that's something you don't agree with, but do something to help its people. They are No, I agree with that, brother. I agree with pulling you know, back. I don't think yeah. there should be taxes. I think. The, I, are you kidding me? The idea that they're taxing a product that they've added baseline costs to through different fees, manipulation, extortion, and regulation, is outrageous. The biggest winner in all of this is the government. They're not concerned right. that you and I and the ordinary man are suffering. They're profiting like never before. Right. Yet this imbecile, who's never done an honest day's work in his life, is mad at the profits of the oil companies? 
The good news is well, for it, him and the other Democrats is his constituents are too stupid to understand the word of what we're saying. They're, yeah, they're, it, they're it, literally it, morons. It's it's just good to see the fact that they don't care about us. They they wanted us to, to pray in front of them, and now when they can help us out, they're they're not not even some of these red state governors are even saying. We're, we're, I don't even know if Ron DeSantis did down in Brother, Florida. Okay. It's funny. Yes, he did. It's funny you should say that, yeah. Paul. I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this. Everyone knows that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Republican, right? He's he, after all, him, Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, they're all on the same page. They all hated Trump. No matter how you look at it, we have blood on our hands because we are financing the war. We have to stop lying to ourselves. Right now, we have all the technology we need to leave fossil fuels in the past. We have a moral obligation to use this technology. We have a moral obligation to send your steroid-infested ass back to Austria, you Nazi. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. And time keeps dragging on. Johnny Cash loved that son of a gun. Boy Named Sue, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. Now that song wouldn't even sell. Boy Named Sue. Could be celebrating. All right. Got a great caller. Rich, Indian Head Park. Can't wait for this. Hey. Hey, Sean. How you doing today? Another great day in in America for the American people, huh? Yeah. Uh, Listen, (laughs) the question I have for you is, I listened to you since the show started, and I kind of get an idea why they raised the interest rates. But if you could put it in a nutshell for me and all your listen, listeners, how really does the in, raising the interest rate really help fight inflation? I, I, I don't understand it. I, I wish so you let's could say the, Let's say me. the quiet part out loud. It doesn't. Okay. What it does is sideline consumers and bankrupt weak money, and that is the goal. See, uh, morons believe that raising the rate helps inflation, and then they point that inflation is highest it's been since 1981. What was the Federal Reserve rate in 1981? The answer is 16.3%. High interest rates doesn't help anything, but what it does is it bankrupts weak money, meaning the ordinary man. Through our corrupt bankrupting system, right? When things go bankrupt, what happens? It gets passed to the federal government. Banks write it off. They pass it on as a loss. They keep handing it up the chain till the rest of society bails it out. Kind of like the fraud that was perpetrated on America in 2008 when they told people that they were a victim of their own signature. And they passed that to all the good people that paid all their mortgages. And it just went away. And, they, and then they sold America on this notion that there was something called too big to fail. We have to break the rules in order to save it and the rest of it. The average American said, okay, because they're morons. And they didn't even care that they, their, their equity in their home stopped going up, went down drastically. They didn't care. They, what are you going to do rather than making the, the, the people who perpetrated that fraud pay for it? They bailed them out. So what you're going to do now as you raise rates is you put all the people on the sidelines. All the people that were just hanging on, the people that the government says they're always trying to help. And then you drag more people down into that, and you cultivate them through very variety of welfare programs. And before you know it, you have a citizens that turn to the government for everything. 
And that is the goal of this government. It's not going to slow down inflation. It's going to it's going to mask it. It's going to make people go into bankruptcy. It'll separate classes. Rich people will hibernate. Poor people will get poorer. Middle class will drop down into that poor range. Home equity values will tank, especially in Democrat strongholds. And in good sought-after areas, flight to quality, they'll stabilize, and they'll become more out of reach for those people that wanted to obtain it. It's exactly the wrong thing. It is chemotherapy, which is a poison. And you've got a bunch of people right now that tell you when you get cancer, they're going to give you poison, and it'll help you. And it, it so doesn't matter doing is- how, how many times it fails. It's, it's financial chemotherapy, and it is exactly the wrong reason, and it's why nobody talks about uh, Suzanne Summers and how she's still alive after that cancer diagnosis without getting chemotherapy. What do you think of that? So are they trying to make us more uh, dependent on the government? Is that the goal? Bingo. Bingo. That's it, right? The Federal Reserve is unconstitutional. It has no competition, but it has political clout. Never been challenged. Federal Reserve is a private company. Quasi-government. Has all the government corruption and a monopoly on our money system. It's printing money and people don't even know where. It doesn't actually print money. It just clicks zeros now, which is even more efficient for stealing. And they keep telling people, here's your $2,000 check. And the people go, hey, thanks. And they give their bank, they give their bank people $200 billion. They give IMF Bank guaranteed loans to we don't know who. Half of them, ironically, oligarchs who default on the loans. And those loans get pushed back on the American people. The Federal Reserve is a banking cartel scam. And you ain't in on it, brother. But you are paying for it, as we all are. So this will put more people on the government dole, which is exactly the goal of the corrupt American government, which is a money. It, it, it would make Bernie Madoff blush. I only wish he were still alive. So he could tell you what I did. I should be given a, 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 an honorary senatorship from the, from the government is nothing in comparison to the Federal Reserve. He actually All accidentally right, acquired assets. The Federal Reserve just keeps making money. They have no assets. They produce nothing but profit. The whole time with a right. mealy mouth moron that they have to put in front of the people who says, I'm doing the best I can. And since it has been implemented, it has failed in its mission statement constantly, and all it gets is more money and more profit for it. That's the problem. It's not going to help inflation. It's going to put people more in poverty. Good luck, Rich. That's why I've been saying for right, a year, thanks, have no debt, because your debt service is going to go parabolic now. And in there lies the problem. All right, thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for clearing that up, Sean. Have a oh, good night. Sure. You too. My screen froze here, Squirrel. I can't hang up on Rich. I got all kinds of computer problems. There we go. All right, I want to play this clip because I think it's relevant. Consumers care about what they see when they fill up the car or when they go to the grocery store. Today, a new report showing that consumer spending dropped last month. That's a huge issue if it continues because consumers drive the American economy. Why are people spending less? Well, listen. What has that done to your savings? It's gone. It's depleted. No savings. That's it. We've gone through our retirement savings more quickly than we had anticipated. I can tell from having the same budget that I've had before all of this, I'm, I would get less. It seemed like the bags would get smaller and smaller every time. It's no matter where you look, uh, no matter what people do for a living, no, pretty much almost no matter where they are in the income spectrum, unless they're in the ultra 
high income spectrum, this hurts. In some places, it hurts in very punishing ways. Yeah, I mean, you can see it in every way. Your retirement savings uh, being depleted, uh, not being able to get enough gas uh, to go back and forth to work, and then having to cut back on other expenses. You know, to put it in sort of a stark political context, uh, those people are the voters uh, who will go to the polls in November uh, and cast judgment on this administration, uh, on Republicans, on Democrats. So the only way you can keep power uh, the direction in the Democrat mafia is to make those people reliant on government. That's what they just did the whole time telling you they're helping you. And the difference is they're going to probably win in the end. Otherwise, people would have been wise to the Democrat corruption and failure instead of just turning into Chicago, Cook County, and Illinois, New Jersey, New York, name a Democrat sewer. That's what you're going to live like shortly. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. So the federal debt is a fluctuating interest. The U.S., do you know what the federal spending is, is as of today? $6 trillion. The federal government is spending. They just spent another billion on Ukraine and nobody gives a rip. Ah, what are you going to do? Give it to the Azov Battalion. Who are they? Well, they're Nazis, but they're the good kind. What are, are, are they mad at the Ukrainian natural gas company? I don't think he is. Joe Biden is mad at American oil producing companies. He should send Kamala over. That's what he should be doing. Jack in Whiting, Indiana. Hey, thanks, Sean. I'll make a little comment, kind of enlighten people on refineries. This Dimwood wants these refineries to produce more okay fine all right i'm not sure how many refineries there are in the u.s but each one is designed to run at a certain capacity let's just say your refinery is designed to run 500,000 barrels a day okay granted they meet it they can get to it but when you start getting at that point everything starts breaking down and what people don't know is a lot of these refineries won't go above and beyond that because there's a permit called EPA. You're only allowed to let, let out so much sulfur dioxide, uh, nitrous oxide, carbon dioxide, all the whatever gets in the air. I mean, it's just part of industry. So you got a permit to stay under that. So when you go above and beyond, now you're going to get get start hitting with fines. And and Jack, these refineries, and I and I guarantee you. Every refinery in this United States is probably running at or near capacity because this is peak demand. And the amount of refineries compared to 20 years ago is oh, about... Geez, they shut them all down. They shut them the all EPA down. Because of the regulations. Exactly. They, they couldn't have crafted this better in a, in a schematic of how to, how to destroy and drastically increase the prices. They couldn't have come up with a better architecture. To do this to the American yeah. people. And they have the, the testicles to, to go after the oil companies that are still in business while destroying the competition that would have been the answer to everything? Let my people go, these rat bastards. Break it. And then they tell people, it's us. We're the bad guys. This country is being destroyed from its own government. From its own government. This is sabotage. Sabotage. That's exactly what it is. Jack in Whiting, Indiana. Thank you very much for enlightening my people. Thank you very much. Thank you. See, it takes somebody who's worked in that industry, worked and lived in it, saw the frustration of the people who wanted to produce more, to lower the costs, the whole time being extorted 
mandated to keep prices up by the government. You want prices to get down? It's real simple. Throw every Democrat rat out of office. Morons that they are. Anthony McHenry. Sean, how are you today? God bless right. you. I have Thank a very you. simple outlook on this. Why does the government think that they own the national stockpile? Why does the government think that they own oil and gas reserves that are in the ground, when, especially when it's on private property? How did we get to this situation? The if American the citizen has the mind of a slave. United, Think about that. The U.S. citizen. Exactly. We can't allow them to do this. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The, you're asking why we got here? Because the American is a willful slave. You're a slave to corrupt gangsters who are calling themselves representatives the whole time representing the corruption, not the people. Let the damn companies go. Let us at the product. We'll crush the price of it. You know, like it was two years ago. Simpleton Democrats. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest so taught constitutional law at Seton Hall for 11 years. He's also a graduate of Princeton, University of Notre Dame Law School. The youngest life-tenored superior court judge in the history of New Jersey. Clearly one of the best minds in law in this country, a warrior for Americanism, and arguably the best hair in the business. His name is Judge Andrew Napolitano. Thank you so much for making time. Well, thank you, Sean. The good Lord didn't give me everything I wanted, but it gave me a lot of energy and a lot of hair. And yes, I love it because... Work in television. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of these Democrats are bald, and that's why I love it. You know they're jealous. Um, so, I, uh, you know, this whole thing that we're experiencing as a nation, not only is it self-inflicted, I argue it's unconstitutional. The Federal Reserve has never been tested as to its constitutionality in this country. Why do you think that is, Judge? Because it'd be very difficult uh, under the requirements of a case or a controversy in the Constitution for an individual to have standing. One of the things that Madison feared when he drafted the Constitution was that judges would become a super legislature and say, oh, that's unconstitutional, that's unconstitutional, let's get rid of that. So they put the case or controversy requirement in there, which means judges can only rule on cases that are properly before them. The other uh, requirement is that if you are in federal court challenging some federal issue or decree, your injury must be unique from all others. This is to prevent the court from, again, getting involved in something that should be resolved by Congress. So stated differently, the courts don't want to hear this if it's, if it's bad, if it's wrong, now, I'm telling you what the law is, not what I think right. it should be. I agree with you. I think the Federal Reserve is the greatest monster of the modern uh, era, um, aside from perhaps the modern Democratic Party. But they're, they're, they're both neck and neck for which does more damage. But the, the courts will say this is a political issue, and if you don't like the Fed, 
you should elect people to Congress who will undo it. Don't ask us to do it for you. Now, if someone were harmed uniquely, a harm distinct from all others, then and, and that person could argue that the Fed caused the harm, that person would be in a position to challenge its constitutionality. But you're quite correct. It's 100 years old, and the courts have never ruled on its constitutionality, and it controls everything we do because it controls the value of money, it controls how much money we have, and it obviously regulates all the banks. And it's in a position of just heads I win, tails you lose, and I hate that because it's a rigged game, and it's done it in a le- it, it legalized its corruption, and it's taken our national debt and attached it to their whim of profitability, although they produce nothing. So in your lifespan, you've lived how many decades? Seven? Seven. Seven decades. You've had cycles of booms and busts and recessions and stupidity. At the level of incompetence that the Federal Reserve displays, do you think there's enough American will to, A, be aware of it, uh, and, and, and do something about it? Or have we all been lulled into uh, complacent servitude? I, I think we've all been lulled into complacency. The last time there was a serious challenge to the Fed was when uh, the great uh, congressman, Ron Paul, uh, had about two dozen co-sponsors to legislation to audit the Fed, and he had about a dozen co-sponsors in the Senate. In fact, he told me he really thought it would pass by a simple majority in both houses if the Senate didn't invoke the uh, uh, filibuster requirement. But the majority leaders, of both were Republicans at the time, just wouldn't let it come to the floor for a vote. This wasn't to abolish the Fed. This was to audit it, yeah. to see how much foreign debt they owned, to see how much American debt they owned, to see all the shenanigans uh, that they pull. When they say to J.P. Morgan Chase or Bank of America or Wells Fargo, I'm not picking on these banks, I'm just trying to pick the large banks, there's only a half dozen of them left, we're adding 10 zeros to your column at the Fed. Go spend the money. That's the way the money is spent today. Yeah. So before World War II, the Fed literally owned printing presses. But with the advent of, uh, of computers, all they do is add zeros to, uh, to the bank's column. So the first people that get that cash, they make a lot of money. By the time it comes to the rest of us, it is devalued in its value because you have inflation. You have the same amount of money, and then more money chasing the same amount of goods. That always causes the price of the goods to go up. So when Joe Biden blames Vladimir Putin or oil executives for the rise in the price of gas, he has nobody to blame but the culture of big government, which goes all the way back to FDR, and it's Republicans as well as Democrats, We'll borrow what we need. We'll give the money away. We'll worry about future generations. All that borrowing was stimulated by the Fed. Too much cash chasing too few goods. Inflation is the result. And they get to operate behind this iron velvet curtain that nobody gets to peek at. And you as a judge who understand that the law is supposed to be my shield, not their weapon. They've legalized banking crimes to where, like you said, we don't even know where this is. You know, when I started my show, Judge, 
that's that's the old Milton Friedman, right? Too much money chasing too few items. But when you Correct. think about it on the grand scale of we don't exactly know. It's not us. We're not getting the money. I mean, they're giving welfare roaches two grand here and fifteen hundred here. But you're giving IMF Bank billions, if not trillions. You're Correct. you're you're extorting other countries to partake in this scam to legitimize it. You're and correct. You're keeping and it from the people. We can't see the records of this. We don't know how much money is involved. We don't know how wealthy the Federal Reserve is. I mean, it's really a private bank. It's called Federal Reserve because the president appoints the people that run it. But we don't know how much money it has. We don't know how much gold is in the basement of the Federal Reserve Bank. Uh, in, in New York City, in Lower Manhattan, and probably the same where you are in Chicago. We don't know whose gold uh, it is. It's reprehensible that this monster exists. This came about at the same time uh, as Woodrow Wilson got us involved in the useless, fruitless World War One, and he immediately borrowed $30 billion from the Fed. Yeah. That $30 billion was never paid back. We are still paying interest on it, and the interest is now up to $15 billion. Forget about how useless the war was. Only the federal government would pay 50% interest on something. At the same time, in the same generation, they instituted the income tax. They took away the right of state legislatures to send senators to the Senate and made senators properly elected, which just made it a smaller, more elite version of the House. The state's rights be damned. It was a radical, radical change in the size of the government, the scope of the government, the relationship of the government to the people, and much of it was orchestrated by that supposed constitutional law professor at Princeton, who became the governor of New Jersey and then one of the worst presidents ever, Woodrow Wilson. You know, it all boils down to your state, Judge. I mean, I, you know, I, New York invented political corruption. New Jersey perfected it. Nicely put it. I'm sorry to say that. Yes. Yeah. And Illinois made it an art form. But I yeah, wanted in New to... New Jersey, um, every single Democrat voted against providing protection for Supreme Court justices. It's the only state where they just voted lockstep against it. Well, they know that the ones that are going to be in danger are not the Democrat, socialist, Marxist promoters. It's going to be the ones that push back and, and practice uh, constitutional principles. And that kind of leads me into something else. As you see tragedy and the actions of one or two or ten or a thousand be used to take away the unalienable rights of the many, isn't this exactly what you were taught in law school could never happen as you see the, uh, the abuse and the attack on both free speech, the Second Amendment, and this new helping Americans by stripping them of their unalienable rights? Does it sicken you? It does sicken me because uh, a right is a claim that comes from your humanity. The government doesn't give rights. The government gives privileges. Your driver's license is a privilege to drive on a government roadway, abuse the privilege by getting into too many accidents, they take it away from you. That's not a right, it's a privilege. A right is a claim against the whole world. Your right to live is a claim against the whole world. Your right to think as you wish and say what you think and publish what you say. And according to Justice Scalia, in District of Columbia versus Heller, 2008 Supreme Court opinion, your right to keep and bear arms is an extension of your ancient right to self-defense, and you have the right to use the same means to defend yourself as the bad guys and as the government would use against you. Think about that. That's profound. Oh, yeah. Scalia recognized that the right to self-defense is not the right to shoot deer. 
It's the right to shoot evil people when they're coming after you, even if they work for the government. How did the Department of Justice become so politicized that a president riddled in scandal of any of any party is somehow able to put the head of the Justice Department as a apparatchik of his corruption or his party rather than the people electing the head of the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice doesn't stand for justice anymore. It stands for protection of whatever president's in there. Correct. I find it despicable. I've often argued it should be called the Department of Public Prosecution. Actually, in Great Britain, it's called the Queen's Prosecutor. But it's not for justice. It's just whoever they want to prosecute. Look, the Department of Justice has been riddled with corruption. Again, going back to the Woodrow Wilson era, when a young federal cop started to organize something his name was J. Edgar Hoover, that eventually became the FBI. There's no authority for a federal, federal police department uh, under the Constitution. But think about JFK appointing his brother and Nixon yeah. appointing his law partner and as Attorney General Nixon appointing his law partner and his, uh, and his campaign manager. Um, both parties abuse and misuse the Department of Justice. Having worked with these people, I can tell you, Sean, there is a hardcore coterie of lifelong prosecutors who are basically apolitical, decent human beings. I can say the same for some FBI agents. I cannot say it for FBI management, and I cannot say it for Department of Justice management. Those people are political hacks with agendas. In the Trump years, their agenda was either to prevent him from coming, becoming president or to drive him crazy and drive him out of office. In the, uh, in the Biden years, their agenda is to tell the rest of us how to live. Never mind investigating murders of school children. We're going to investigate parents that are upset because the kids are being taught how to change their gender. So you, you really have a bunch of lefty loonies running the Department of Justice now. But, you know, obviously what we're also recognizing is the threat in the innuendo of intimidation against the resistance of the Democrat corruption, as I call it, the Democrat mafia. And that is from the Department of Justice, as their mission statement now is not about prosecuting both corruption in politics or actual criminals in America, but it's about intimidating Americans that resist the Biden corruption as they threaten parents uh, who fight against the school unions as they uh, have the FBI now and the, the layers of bureaucracies from the DIA, the CIA, the FBI. I mean, how does the good American push back? I mean, we, you and I are both old enough to know there is no Lone Ranger. There is no good guy in the story. And correct, we are drowning correct. in the I'm, quicksand of corruption. I mean, the only way to push back is somebody with, uh, in power with extraordinary courage. Look, the Constitution only defines two federal crimes, treason and debasing the money supply. There is absolutely no authority in the Constitution for any other federal crimes. Part of Madison's genius was the feds would have to rely on the states to enforce the law. Rob a federal, uh, federally chartered bank, it's a state crime. The states will prosecute you. Shoot a federal official, it's a state crime. The states will uh, prosecute you. That was a check on the power of the federal government. Two crimes and no more. How many federal crimes are there today? Over 5,500. I'm an expert in this stuff. Yeah. I have not read and can't get my hands on all of this. That's how overwhelming and overbearing 
it has it has become. This conversation it would take may be a, a Congress full of Ron Pauls, or or a president with with Trump's tenacity, but Ron Paul's brain. Yes. Uh, to get rid of all this stuff. Otherwise, people are just going to go along, get along to go along. I mean, the reality is this conversation could be deemed a crime for all we know by the time it's over. Um, did you ever think in, in your life as you were studying law and falling in love with the idea of, you know, the, uh, the Enlightenment being put to paper, which is what America is, the concept of the Enlightenment and liberty and freedom and all that? Did you ever think you'd live through a time when an American president had the audacity to write a letter to private companies and say, I don't like your profit margin and do more? How is that even legal? All right, I saw the letter. It uh, was published today. I know what you're talking about. It's uh, Joe Biden's letter uh, to the CEOs of the major oil companies. It's legal because he has the First Amendment right to free speech that everybody else does. But to the extent that he's threatening yes. to use the power of the government to harm or to control or to reorder these companies, he should uh, look at a case called National um, um, oh, United Steel versus uh, Sawyer, in which Harry Truman tried to take over the steel mills during the Korean War because they weren't making munitions fast enough. The Supreme Court stopped them in two weeks. So old Joe's lawyers should look at that example. The president can rant and rave all he wants. There are some constitutional limitations on what he can do. Can the and people, one of them is called due process. Can if he the people, wants life, if he wants liberty, if he wants property, he has to sue for it. He just can't take it. Now that the government is protecting Joe Biden, it's obvious that he's unfit to serve. Convention of the States sorry, is I'm growing. I'm sorry to say that I agree with you. I say I'm sorry to say because I have known him for a long time. My, my first teaching assignment was at Delaware Law School in Wilmington, Delaware. I was 28 years old. I was a full-time assistant professor, but a full-time teacher. There was an adjunct on the faculty that everybody thought was, you know, a dope. He didn't really belong there, but the students loved him because he had a great personality. I'm the only one he got along with. Congressman at the time, Joe Biden. Fast forward 30 years later. I'm at Fox. I'm going down to D.C. a couple times a month. Whenever he would see me, come over and sit with me. When he was vice president, he would send Secret Service a judge the vice president would like you to enter his car and sit with him and have a cup of coffee with him. That's what his personality is like. That Joe Biden was a moderate, pro-life, pro-gun, sensible Democrat. The Joe Biden that is in the White House has been tugged so far to the left, he probably doesn't even remember this era in his life no. that I have attempted to describe for you. Or his address. Judge, I know you have to go. I want to thank you so much for coming on. I, I so appreciate you. I've been a fan for decades. And the reason is you are a warrior for the principles of Americanism. And well, that thank you. And the feeling is mutual, and uh, it's a good time of day for me, and I'm happy to do it whenever it's convenient for you. You made my day. Thank You made my year. Thank you, Judge. Yeah, I appreciate it. All the best, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be back with your calls after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I shot the Google yourself a little interesting question. 
largest companies in Illinois. You know the first two that come up? Guess. You're never going to guess. Boeing and Caterpillar. You know they're leaving? Left. Gone. Not leaving. Gone. Left. Why? Because the business climate in Illinois sucks. Because the Illinois scumbag has gotten used to the corruption. They're called Democrats and they've ruined the state. They started ruining the city. Took them 100 years and they threw that in a sewer. Cook County's a punchline nationwide. Now Illinois is too. After all, you have a governor who's been on how many hours of FBI tapes with another crooked bastard Democrat governor with nice hair who went away to prison. And the Democrats said, let's elect a fat one. And that's exactly where you sit today. It could all stop. I think the best slogan should be elect a governor that could do a pull-up, not just because he can do a pull-up, but because he's a businessman. He could save the state. In my opinion, he's the only one. His name is Gary Rabine. Gary. John, how are you? What would you do to get back businesses, you know, not the mafia ones, not the ones that give to the Democrat scumbags and they share the same waistline with them and they pretend to have cement companies and road contracts. What would you do to get honest business back to Illinois? Well, when, when it's Raybine time and I win, Cat will be back. I'm telling you, this this really bugs the hell out of me, all right? I, I, I dreamt, instead of screaming to girls in my, in my late teens and early 20s, I dreamt of Caterpillar equipment because it's the best paving equipment in the world. And, and guess what? By the time I was 30, 35 years old, I was buying Caterpillar equipment, and today it dominates our fleets. It's the best technology and paving equipment in the world. They're world-class, and we're going to lose them because of our ignorance. And, 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 and how bad we treat businesses, small and large, and that's going to change when I win. Gary, the thing that annoys me is the imbecilic loyalty to the mafia that Illinoisans have. And they do not understand and cannot possibly quantify the blessing to Illinois Caterpillar was. The tremendous amount of people that it benefited their lives because of Caterpillar. They have no understanding. In fact, what they like are the mafia municipal jobs and those ridiculous pensions that straps every Illinois citizen with $48,000 in taxes they have to extort from them. How can that stop, Gary? Well, you know, I mean, when we treat businesses well, we treat families well. And, and, we're, and we're doing a terrible job of it nowadays. I know this. I, I told you this before. I have 13 companies, Sean. Seven of them, if you did math, should not stay in Illinois. Seven out of 13. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight to, to the end to keep them here and to make this a great business environment and a great place for families to buy a home, buy a property, and raise their families. But, again, two things have to change. Our regulatory environment has to be competitive, and it's not close now. Our, our, our property taxes have to be competitive. We're three to four times, 300 to 400% of the average in the country. Those two things must change. I demand they change. My, my, my opponents are saying, we have to freeze property tax. We have to freeze regulations. They're saying, I'm going to veto all new, new, new property tax or new tax. Bullshit. We, oh. we, must, we, we must demand that we go back to the average of the country or we lose as a state. Here's the other thing that bothers me. Um, two of the biggest atrocities perpetrated on the Illinoisan were done by Republicans. Ogilvy with the toll system. And that moron who liked to park his car in uh, backwards in the Forest Preserve, Jim Thompson, who signed the COLA, 3% to the pension gr- agreement, were Republicans. You have been dealing with these scoundrels, these GOP mafia wannabes, for decades. How can the American or the Illinois citizen break apart the, the stronghold on the number two position in crime organizations called the Illinois GOP? They break it. They break it up by by hiring me as the governor. I'm I'm, a, I'm never I'm never going to be a politician. I'm going to be a servant statesman. 
one like we used to have in the old days when this country, when this country is built, right? Somebody that goes to work in, in government and does their two terms and goes home, goes back to their job, their farm, whatever, right? That's who I am. We need to elect more people that are servant statesmen and stop electing politicians like my competitors or Democrats in the Republican Party like Rauner and like some of these other guys. I'm going to tell you another thing I, want, I would like you to do. I don't want to say I want you to, but I would like you to do. And that is investigate the legalized corruption we have in this government. I want a full investigation into kickbacks and schemes and campaign contributors who get the, their way, get their benefits, get the, uh, insider deals like we are learning appears to be the case with one of your opponents, scumbag du jour, Richard Dick Irvin, and his corruption with the American Chicago oligarch, Ken Griffin. I don't like it. It stinks to high heaven. WTTW exposed the investigation into the Aurora Syndicate as Ken Griffin bribed uh, uh, Richard Irving to move his tower closer to the main tower so he'd get a millisecond jump and front-run his own orders, which I find despicable and disgusting. However, it does explain as well. And the idea that this idiot is shelling $51 million to a ticket full of all pay-to-play scumbags. Shouldn't that be investigated as well? Well, conflict of interest is rampant in Illinois. It's legal, as you mentioned. Most of it's legal. Now, people like Madigan go too far, and most of these guys go too far, and they probably get caught into something illegal. But many of them are are all under the radar because it's legal corruption. It's legal conflict of interest in any other state. You can't do the things you do here in Illinois. And, and again, we, we, treat, we treat politics like business and government like business, right? We, we can't survive in business if we, allow, if we allow conflict of interest. And you can't in a state either. And we, we got to model off of great states like Tennessee and, and, and Indiana, Texas, that have great, great laws against conflict of interest. You, you can't be a, a state rep or a, a state senator and have a law firm that you own that does business with the state or with the lobbyist firms that represent, represent all these people, right? Yeah, that's got to stop. If it doesn't stop, we continue to, to fall and our, and, our, and our state will crash. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I wanna be See what happens? You start talking about breaking apart the mafia. Computer oligarchs, they hack my system. But I'm back, much to the chagrin of the shyster bastards that are destroying Illinois and my country. Gary Rabine, you see, you start talking about fixing things, and they attack the radio station. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, and I, I apologize. I got a little excited there, and I, I said oh. a swear word there. About that. Oh, that's all right. Everybody knows you're right. Um, but we're more interested in fixing it. So when it comes to what could the governor do to help the Illinoisan? If you were in the big seat, ruined though it may be, if you were in the big seat and the governor... What would you do to help the Illinois citizen today? Would you break the taxation of gas? What would you do? Yeah, so here, first off, we'll go, go back to the Caterpillar thing. We need to treat businesses better than, than our competitive states. We do that. We treat families well also. People stay here. They build their lives here. Businesses build here. We have to get back to that. If we can't do that, we lose. When we look at our individuals and families, again, I'm, I'm not okay with where our property tax is at. I demand that we go to the average of the country at 1% and we can get there. It's been done before, right? When it comes to cultural, I mean, we, we, we're messing up our culture as we allow the, our, our, this, this crazy you know, graphic sex education in our schools, right? When we, when we look at what we're doing to our kids in our schools, that's got to change. And cultural, again, when we look at what we're doing to our police, we change those things, those four things. 
Our state's a different place in a short period of time. And by 2025, we got more people moving into Illinois than any other state in America. That's how we change it. So AM560 is having a debate on the 23rd next week. And the, the, the guy who has all the money from the oligarch Ken Griffin isn't going to show it. doesn't look like he's going to show. I have lobbied management at AM560 to stand in. I'm going to put shoes on my knees, and I'm going to answer like a smarmy crook. Are you shocked at the uh, fact that he has avoided all but one debate with the candidates? Well, did you see the last debate of six people? Uh, he, I was fortunate that I, I, he was before me, so I could challenge him. I challenged him multiple times on facts that I knew were, were, were facts. He talked about property taxes. He's been lowering them. His property taxes were the highest in America last year by, by, by data from last year, 11 months ago, highest in America. All right. When we look, he looked at crime, talked about his crime going down. His crime was up 40 percent by his own data since he took office to the end of last year. OK, this, he's lying about a lot of stuff. And again, you, you need to call him out. So why would he show up to a debate? debate? He's going to lose points like he did last one. He lost a lot of points after that last debate. He'll lose a lot more if he gets in another debate, in my opinion. See, one of the things that I think needs to people need to know about you is this isn't something you ever wanted to do. You never no wanted to go into politics. Absolutely and this not. Is, I love, yeah. This is a crucial point, Gary, because you know you're in the competition for the most part. Are guys who've sought office who want to go into politics? They're retired from their regular life and they want to kick around the idea of fluffing up their resume. Um, but you're going into it to actually straighten things. But you also have been spending your life cultivating people in neighborhoods that seemed hopeless for decades. You've been trying to help people of all races, but mainly kids primarily who have been imprisoned by the Democrat ghetto system in Chicago. Have you um, gotten a lot of support from the areas that were primarily thought to be Democrats because they recognize how prior to getting into politics you helped their neighborhoods and you wanted to spread the idea of entrepreneurial success in the country rather than sustained government handouts? Yeah, so I'm not, I, I love mentoring, and I've mentored kids out of the inner city into leadership and jobs and leadership, and I love doing it. It was true mentors and organization that I started with my partner, Quentin, an Inglewood guy, great guy. He's good, one of my best friends today still. Okay. And I, I love mentoring. So is there Democrats behind? There's a bunch of Democrats that are coming my way because they, they know me, they love me, and they understand my heart. Okay, But but it, does everybody? No, of course. I mean, it, it, most, most people think I'm just a business guy. Now, business, business allows us to do a lot of things. We have a foundation, the Ray Biker Group Foundation, that gives back to, to our communities that we serve in a lot of ways. And we go out, we do mostly stuff for children. We do stuff for, el- for elderly. We do stuff for veterans and police. But I got to tell you, you know, all that doesn't happen without business. And when, I, when I look at my, my friends that are leaving our state, they're, they're taking their philanthropic dollars with them. They're taking this, this, this servant heart, their servant hearts with them to Florida, Tennessee, and all over the place. So the damage we're doing to our state by, by not respecting you know, families and businesses is, is detrimental. And that's what I'm going to change as the governor of Illinois. I guarantee that's my And I'll tell people. you this. I mean, you understand why people leave, it, it, not just rich people, but why the ordinary man would leave. He's hopeless unless he wants to be a welfare roach or part of the mafia in Illinois. And that needs to change. I think it can only change with somebody who has built a business and understands the American dream, which isn't just to be rich and do nothing. It's to be wealthy and do good and build a legacy of private capital versus government corruption. I think that's what you're running against. I hope there's enough good people left. I'm a little bearish when I think about it, but if anybody can change it, it's Gary Raybon. 
Bine, and uh, I, my support for you has disqualified me from asking questions on the 23rd. I'm very chapped at that, but I still say it's Ray Bine time. I want a governor that can do a pull-up. It's a short slogan that even moron Democrats can remember. I think you should go with that, but I'm very happy you're in the race. I think you're the only hope for Illinois, and uh, I want you to win, brother. I really do. Hey, thank you, Sean. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your support, and, and we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to come from behind and win this thing. I'm going after Darren Bailey. Darren Bailey's got the lead. I think I think uh, I'm second, and I'm going after Bailey. Yeah, coming from behind though has all kinds of mental images of the Pritzker honeymoon to me. So I want to just thank you for coming on the show. I wish you the best of luck. All right, thanks, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. You have a great day. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little Let's shed some light. On exactly what American foreign policy is. So you got to go to somebody with a resume like this. It's really quite impressive. I believe he's worked for both Democrats and Republicans. His name is Frank, Frank Gaffney Jr. He's the executive chairman of the Center of Security Policy, a not-for-profit, nonpartisan education corporation established in 1988. Under President Ronald Reagan, he acted as an assistant secretary of defense for international security policy. He's also been a a professional staff member of the Senate Armed Service Committee. He's even dealt with NATO. I wanted to bring him on. Frank Gaffney, Jr., thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm very well, Sean. Thank you for having me. So, Frank, let me give you a little bit of my views, because I think it'll help in in this interview. So I'm 54 years old. I was born in 1967. I grew up, and uh, I used to have to say I lived with my aunt to go to a better school in my neighborhood. My aunt's eldest son was killed the year I was born in Vietnam, so we'd go to the cemetery every day where I learned how to drive her Buick at the age of nine. I also watched, you know, my family mourn this, and I was very interested. My family very big in politics. And I bought all the lines of what Vietnam was, and as, as I got older, I started to read about it. I said, man, oh, man, that was a lie. And then I went through my years, and I loved Ronald Reagan. I loved Reaganomics. I loved. I, I I didn't like the Bushes too much, but I liked Ronald Reagan. As I started to make money, we had all of the chaos in the Middle East, and we were attacked on September 11th. I thought about joining, but my wife just had a baby and the rest of it. I was making a ton of money. So I paid my taxes. That's the way I contributed to it all. I bought all the spiel, yet I don't know what the hell we did there, aside from getting a contract for Joe Biden's brother to build houses, even though he never did. I sit here and I watch this dimwit in diapers destroy my country. Give the Taliban Afghanistan. How many guys did we lose there? How many billions? I watch as he pays off a bribery to what is posing itself as a government, but seems to be oligarch run as it was having a civil war for seven years nobody wants to talk about. So where, what exactly is the American foreign policy, and what are we getting for our trillion-dollar budget if we throw in the CIA, of which we don't know? What exactly are we getting for it? It's uh, a day-to-day thing. Sean, because I believe that what we have in the person of Joe Biden and the team that he has surrounded himself with uh, 
a group that is um, at best ill-equipped to make national security policy, and at worst, um, doing it more or less uh, to the dictates of the Chinese Communist Party and or other bad actors around the planet. So it's, it's not working out very well at the moment, and I think it's uh, likely to get worse before it how, gets better. How, you know, in these agencies you work for, how is Joe Biden and the Biden administration not viewed as compromised? Can anyone explain why China has directly enriched not just the higher-ups in our government, but the president to the tune of $31 million that we can trace back to the Biden family? I mean, he's clearly an apparatchik, as so many of our upper echelon government appears to be. These can't be just mistakes they're making. They seem to be benefiting our very enemies, as we've known for decades. I feel like it's just been a giant waste of not just money. Money you can always make again. But I watch those commercials, those tunnels to towers. Drives me insane, because those are the patriots that signed up. Those are the brave men to be ordered around by cowardly politicians. And I don't know what the hell we were, were wasting their lives for. I'm very much concerned about the compromise of uh, this president. And as I say, most of the people he has in positions beneath him. Uh, this is something that um, it's hard to overstate the dangers because I believe that if our mortal enemies, that's what the Chinese Communist Party are, um, make the conclusion that they can, with confidence, do whatever they wish, and Biden will not effectively oppose them or even entail serious costs to them, um, there's a very considerable amount of danger associated with that. And I think most Americans are unaware that the Chinese have been at war with us for decades now, something they call unrestricted warfare. Uh, but the thing is that that's been bad enough. Um, you, you've mentioned a couple of examples of it, um, the hollowing out of our uh, industrial base, for example, and our an economy more generally, the theft of our intellectual property, uh, the extent to which you know we are underwriting. This is the really Sickening most uh, egregious aspect of this. We are underwriting the buildup of the Chinese threat uh, across this broad board because our financial sector keeps pouring our money into China. You put all this together, um, it's bad enough. But if we are at a point where Xi Jinping, the dictator of China, has decided that he is ready to go for it, uh, whether it's against Taiwan or whether it's against uh, uh, our friends or interests or allies in the Far East, or, or for that matter, against us, the kinetic way, the old-fashioned way, uh, or perhaps the <laughs> biological warfare way, we're talking about a whole different level of uh, problem than any we've ever faced before. And that's what makes me very concerned about their perception that they owned Joe Biden. You, you know, Frank, what bothers me is that you work for a charismatic, somebody who understood the philosophy of Americanism in Ronald Reagan. And although he had a, a way to talk to the American people, he made it very clear it wasn't the people of nations that were our, our enemy. It was the philosophy of their totalitarian governments that were our enemy. And he had a way to communicate this with everybody. And you watched him, and it was really his character and his winning over 
of the Soviet people who didn't like their government any more than we did. And he could do that because he understood the philosophy. When's the last time in your, I mean, you have, I mean, you've worked for everybody. You've been around forever. When's the last time in your history that you think we've had an American president that had that same understanding of the principles versus tried to take advantage of the stoking of the fear and hatred of another nation? I'm not sure there was anybody quite like Reagan, honestly. Um, you know, I think Trump had his moments, and I think he particularly did perceive the Chinese Communist Party as the mortal peril that I've suggested it is. Um, that said, I think what the Chinese have done um, that uh, requires a similar kind of attention to that that Reagan gave to the old Soviet Union is they have... Um, asserted a legitimacy in the governance of their people, even though, as you say, the people have no say at all in Prisoners. this totalitarian system. They are imprisoned by these uh, ruthless communist thugs. I think what we need, once again, is a concerted effort, as Reagan did in his famous strategy, which he called, We Win, They Lose. <laughs> to delegitimate this enemy. Um, and, and one way to do that, uh, Sean, is to designate them as what they are, which is a transnational criminal organization. And I think that would go a long way towards undermining um, the authority that they have, for one thing, and also to dissuade people on Wall Street from yeah. sending our money to keep funding their operations, uh, lest they be accused of becoming uh, accomplices to that criminal activity. This is the sort of thing we ought to be doing to, uh, you know, right the ship. And Frank, don't you, um, I'm curious, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've witnessed in your life this become the bastardization of our republic as we have the, the head of the Republican Party in the Senate married to the shipping heiress of a Chinese communist high-up party member. You see Congress people who have been sleeping with Chinese spies like Swalwell. You see the driver of Dianne Feinstein. You see the, the, the corruption in Wall Street as the higher-ups of the biggest hedge funds, biggest banks, are part-time professors and teachers in the, uh, in the Chinese Communist Party Shanghai. It's, it's, it, it's amazing to me that we've allowed this to happen and that this is somehow legal in our system. How in the world can Chinese investors work hand in glove with recipients of, of bailout money and get it and we pretend it's all capitalism? This isn't capitalism. This is legalized corporatism, legalized corruption. And when you said about the Chinese, and I agree with you, they are a criminal organization. I st I'm starting to feel that way about the, I mean, I do feel that way about our own government on so many levels. Aren't there more similarities than there are differences? Yeah, you know, the, or the argument was back in the day, um, if we got them into the World Trade Organization, they were going to become more like us. The truth of the matter is, um, they've made us more like them. This is, uh, this is uh, what my friend Peter Schweitzer calls uh, in his book, Red Handed, uh, elite capture. Um, we have watched um, 
every elite in this country, whether it's in academia, the media, Hollywood, uh, the business sector, the financial sector, political um, elites, essentially suborned by the Chinese. And you're absolutely right, corrupted. And, and going back to a question you asked a moment ago, how is it that people in the national security community uh, can regard what Joe Biden has done? And, and you mentioned $30 million. Uh, how about Joe <laughs> and the piece of the big guy got of the $1.5 billion that Hunter pulled in? I mean, these are the sorts of things that speak to a profound corruption of our government. And I think it is a national security problem of the first order. And if we continue to ignore it, then mark my words, you will find the Chinese exploiting it, and we will be um, enslaved, not just the Chinese people. When you, um, you know, the Cold War, if you, you know, I know you remember it, you worked in it. And we had a, um, a service of, of spies that knew the future oligarchs. As you see what's going on now in Eastern Europe, I call it an oligarch war. I don't pretend that they are countries. I'm, I'm aware of what Ukraine has been, had been doing to their people for seven years. I know you are. Are you do you do you cringe every time naivete is 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 promoted in the media as they don't make the link to the corruption that these governments are made up of versus pretending their countries on our standard of a republic a democracy whatever you want to call it I mean aren't these really just corrupt bastions of uh, 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 of old Soviets that are pretending to be countries it's a great question. Um, I think there are a lot of people in Ukraine who are yearning not to be simply serfs for oligarchs um, and kleptocrats. Um, but I think you're right. There are, in their elite, um, corrupt elements that are, you know, keeping them down. And uh, and we've witnessed them um, sort of operating with impunity in the midst of this war. But I, I just going back to what you said a moment ago, unfortunately, we're not in much of a position to throw stones about kleptocracies because we actually have a pretty big one operating here at the moment ourselves. When you see um, propaganda being regurgitated instead of questioned, and you have this org- you have an organization, the center for security policy. Are you demoralized, or do you think that maybe it has to fail so big that it can be rebuilt with integrity and honesty and principles again? Or is it just too far gone when we're just parroting the very policies that have wasted all of our money and our lives of our brave men and women? Look, uh, Reagan was an optimist, um, despite a lot of adversity and, and uh a lot of disappointments, and I feel the same way. Um, I've got to stay optimistic because otherwise, uh, you'll, you'll, uh, I fear, um, be passive yeah. at a moment when our country requires all hands on deck to try to spare it from what I think Biden and uh, and Democrats and and unfortunately, as you say yourself, um, some in the Republican political oh. firmament who are part of the problem here. Uh, we've got to get the public clued up about the threats we're facing and engaged in contending with them, not turned so passive, not turned so despondent 
that uh, those threats metastasize further and, and we'd lose the country. You know, Frank, I've seen a prospect. I've seen the shipping heiress. She's a lovely woman. I don't think she's with Mitch McConnell because of his strong jawline. I think Mitch McConnell looks like Aunt B in drag. That's clearly the best example of marital political corruption I've ever seen. And um, it offends me slightly less than Biden. And it, it disgusts me because, as I said, it's never those people that pay the cost. It's the brave men and women that are patriotic and believe in those principles that their mothers have to go to the cemetery on a daily basis. And it sickens me, and I want it to stop. And I think organizations like yours can help that. His name is Frank Gaffney, Jr. He is the executive chairman of the Center for Security Policy. I want to thank you. And you also write quite a bit. You're in Breitbart often, right? What else do you have going on? Anything my people can check out? Uh, yeah, well, I do a nightly television program on Real America's Voice at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, really? 10 p.m. Uh, Central. Yep, called Securing America. I hope people will check it out. It's also a, a radio uh, program on the American Family wow. Network. Well, Frank, I'm, I'm quite breathtaking. If you ever want me to be on your TV program, just give me a call. I'd love to. Have to <laughs> come at home. Thank you so much, no Frank kidding. Gaffney, Jr. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate it. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. (laughs) I mean, really. Someone explain to me what the upside of our foreign policy has been in the last 20 years. They're like Democrats. They mention intangible, unprovable hypothesis as evidence. What exactly was it all for? I know what it's for. It's one big money laundering scheme. The president had a, a very good call today with President Zelensky of Ukraine. Uh, it was an opportunity for President Zelensky to update President Biden on uh, what's going on on the battlefield, on the ground, uh, and to talk to the president uh, about uh, Ukraine's security uh, requirements and capabilities going forward. The president also obviously took this opportunity to inform President Zelensky that we're announcing today, I think you saw a billion dollars in additional security assistance to support Ukraine's armed forces and their brave defense of their country. So $54 billion. Plus another billion is $55 billion, and it appears that Rutin Tutin Putin is in control of 80% of the country. Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the big pushback? I thought there was a, the pilot. Where, where is everything? Ah, don't worry about it. We'll fill you in next week. Another billion. It's a payoff. Best, best political bribe in world history is when the Ukrainian oligarchs Ihor Kolomoisky in particular, put on that crack-smoking first son. Best bribe ever. Terry, Rogers Park. Hey, uh, today I was uh, walking by a house at Evanston uh, that had uh, six cars parked in the driveway. and Then I noticed a sign on one of the car's uh, rear fenders that, uh, that said, We won't go back. And I'm not sure what that meant, but I bet it was uh, political against uh, Republican-minded people. And I've got more respect for Chicago Democrats than I do Evanston. All right. All right. Maybe they meant they won't go back to Ukraine. How do you know? We don't know. It's Evanston. What we do know is that uh, we ain't going to get our money back. Maybe that's what they meant. We're never going to get our money back. 
Uh, Spokes idiot. What did she have to say today? Oh, no, wait, I got Mike Pompeo. Let's hear this. Xi Jinping firmly believes that America is in decline, right? He firmly believes it. Um, I think Putin believed that in elements the United States was in decline as well. They watch the chaos. They watch riots in America. I mean, this, this is they watch American domestic politics. You should know they are fomenting this here at home, too. We haven't talked about I, I, I didn't speak about today. They're inside the gates. China's working the room, not very far from where you all are sitting right now. Um, they have an enormous, enormous united front operation in every significant country in the world, including right here in Washington, D.C. Why wouldn't they? Joe Biden isn't only a patsy. Mitch McConnell is. Who's profiting from the Biden corruption, the Biden policies? Is it you? Do you have one of those street companies that you're bribing the Democrats? Are you getting the funny money? Or is it, in fact, China, Ukraine, Russia? Now you know why the Moscow mayor gave $3.5 million to the crackhead. Dave, Downers Grove. Yeah, Sean, I've asked this question before. Uh, where's all the money going? I know, I know Ukraine is broke, and they, and they owe the IMF like fifty something billion dollars, and they haven't even spent. They haven't even received like ninety something percent of the forty billion we just sent them. So where's the money going? There's private, mainly Democrat-affiliated investors that had been loaning money to the Ukrainian government at extremely high interest rates that they were barely making. Do you want to know what I think? I think our money that's supposed what? to go to help them with some war is actually going to pay off the people who have been investing in the money scheme of the Ukrainian government, which we know is one of, if not the, most corrupt governments in Eastern Europe. That's what I think. I think it ex- the, well, the, well, those well. are the same donors who have given to the American Democrat Party and destroyed the American tranquility. That's what I think. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he's going to give another billion because it brings up memories of when he when he threatened not, not to give him the billion dollars if they didn't fire that prosecutor. Well, they for, fired uh, her. They went to war and they got paid off on their corruption. And now, like you said, Dave, nobody knows where the money is. Dave and Downers Grove, nobody. And there is an investigative reporter that wants to look. You know, when, when we'll find out when we're old men, and 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 hopefully, hopefully, liberty wins back the country. I'm optimistic. I hope so. If not. We can at least tell the stories of when we were once free. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Nice bull kid. Inflation was high in the 70s. The music was better. So were the clothes, big lapels. That's got to make a comeback. Lee and Hammond, you got some big lapels. <laughs> I used to. Yes, I know. Hey, hey Sean, uh, you know, to echo what you said earlier, uh, Frank Gaffney made the comment that we China's been at war with us for a long time. And in the meantime, you know, these, these so-called leaders we've got expect our kids to, you know, bleed and die and, and bailing them out of these wars that they create for us. In the meantime, they get their they they fatten their bank accounts for themselves, their families. Everybody, NBA stars, these phony politicians collaborate with the very enemy they say we've got, and then they expect the American people to go die in their wars for them. This this is what's leading to the collapse of this culture in this country is that people are starting to see this, and they're refusing to participate in any of this 
both end of this. End of this. I won't even yeah. say the word. No, I know what you mean, but I, that's the silver lining, brother. That's the that's good news. The good news will come yeah. from the people who stop buying the propaganda from the swindlers. And the idea that you you are witnessing American Democrats who, for the most part, resisted wars that you could argue justification for versus one you cannot, and they support this one in Ukraine. This is something that, you know, Ukrainian people have been attacked by their government for seven years. Seven years there's been a civil war going on. Nobody even talks about it, Lee. You're hard-pressed to even hear somebody comment on it. And And, and apparently this was instigated by Obama and... uh, is uh, the, uh, the Obama administration, NATO, uh, trying to roll uh, Ukraine into the sphere of influence of NATO and away from Russia, and they, they, they precipitated this civil war that, that now the Russians have gotten involved. They, yeah, we're supposed to, what, we're supposed to go to war with them now? They have been corrupting the Democrats because the oligarch system in Eastern Europe is what the Democrats admire. It's what they collaborate with. It's what they use to implement their policies here. Thank you, Lee. I truly appreciate the call very much. Ruth in Elgin. Hi. Hi, Ruth. Um, I, you know, I heard the caller about um, we won't won't go go back. back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got a mailing from Nancy Pelosi. I don't know. Was it a stock tip? Yes. It was a stock tip. Did you you play an option play? Did you make a fortune? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Actually, you know, her group or whatever. But anyway, it says we won't go back. And what it is is please contribute to our abortion. Help us get our needed funds. Oh, we won't go back to when we can't kill our own kids. That's what it means. Exactly. Ruth, thank you for letting me speak, scumbag (laughs) Democrat. I didn't know how to translate it, but I do now, thanks to Ruth. In Elgin, yeah, I just I had gotten a couple mailings on that already, and I thought, what are they? Leave me alone! I'm not gonna. Ruth, how many kids do you have? Me too. Did you ever make them thank you for not killing them? (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) Well, you should call them right now. Tell them thank you, mommy. I could have killed you, and the Democrats would have loved me for it. Thank you, Ruth. Yeah. You want to talk about evil? That's evil, kids. Bezos' ex-wife, Mackenzie Scott. For her generous donation to Planned Parenthood last month, she gave them $275 million for black women to have abortions. Wow. As a black woman, I honestly can't think of any other way she could have helped us. All that money just for us to lynch our own babies in the womb. That's one way to make sure black babies aren't being born. Well, that was Margaret Sanger's whole thing. Maybe that is the reason. $275 million. Just to kill babies. Amazon. Although I do love their delivery. Very quick. Lori Lyle. Yes, hi, Sean. I'm calling because I wanted to say that uh, the Republicans and the Democrats all have these foundations they start. We need to outlaw them having foundations. They use these foundations to launder their money and to hide money. And they use it. They, they can keep that money even when they're out of office and use you it mean to do whatever they want with. Like Adam Kinzinger's Country First PAC that he started in the I election mean year? all of them. They've all got them. Yeah, but that one's even, my favorite. Even the Republicans. That one's my favorite. He started in the election year. His first campaign, his first quarter, he raised $1.1 million. Now you can't find anything about it. And he's going to leave Congress, become a big lobbyist for the Democrat mafia, and he gets to keep that money forever because their PACs get to stay even when they're out of politics, even when they die. 
they their party their people still get control right. of that. Their families still the McCain's still have his foundation, and they're oh, all, they you? use it for their political interests and their little buddies, and and they sure. shuffle it around and and use it to help each other. It's yeah. all a big scam, and it's well, all our money. It's all ill-gotten money with our. And you know what else it is? Dollars. It's it's tax-free money. It's tax-free right. money that they produce nothing, they distribute nothing, they manufacture nothing, they keep everything, never pay taxes. That's right. why they buy cars scum. for their campaigns and of shit. Of course they, they do. All, cars, dinners. They all belong in prison. I like you, Lori. I like you a lot. Dave, Libertyville. Hey, Sean. I heard, uh, I believe I heard Nikki Whaley say that... Uh, Biden released some more oil from the reserve. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Trump arbitrage. He bought the oil Apparently at $24. This idiot lets it go at 120 Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not working. No, and you're paying for it. You're not benefiting one lick of that. You know how much oil the American no. continent uh, we use every day? Do you know how much it is? Between 19 and 20 million barrels. Why is it that there isn't a rule right now that American oil companies can't export anything until that 19 or 20 million barrels a day is satisfied by the American oil producers to the American people? That might solve some inflation issues, wouldn't it? Then again, they wouldn't be able to attack them because what they've done is build a climate where they can't succeed or they have to pay penalties for it. You know, like the way they do you and me. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. 312-642-5600. Right now we have open lines. I do see David from Lansing. Worst timing in all talk radio. We'll save him for last after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Good call. Good, good call. I got I have so many. So many good clips. I'm trying to think which one, which one I really, really, really want you to hear. There's so many choices, so many frauds. Uh... You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Exactly. David Lansing. Hey, Sean. Uh, how can I have the worst timing when you got Craig from Mount Greenwood? Like half the time he's unloading dirt off of the back of a pickup truck. Or You're half the caller you... Craig in Mount Greenwood is, but go ahead. Oh, come on. All right, so uh, I'm getting very pessimistic because... I believe we're under a, commun- or a socialist insurrection that began way before Trump's inauguration, but I don't see anybody getting arrested. I mean, what, what's your opinion on when this insurrection half started? Was it the 60s or, you know, and, you know. I think it, well, here's, the, here's the ironic part. The ironic part. You know, the last time the country had a balanced budget was under Newt Gingrich and ironically Bill Clinton. Do you know if you if you took the policies of Bill Clinton, who he was and what he believed in, and called that the Democrat Party, how much better the country would be? But who was the evil member of that party? Was Hillary? 
Hillary was the true believer in Marxism and socialism and Alinskyism. Hillary Clinton and her ilk are saboteurs to the principles of Americanism. Bill Clinton was too busy trying to get Monica in a stairwell. Um, but the one thing I will remember about Bill Clinton is how he fit the accusation of replacement theory. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong. So when you ask me when things got to the point they are, they're because people thought Hillary Clinton was qualified to do anything else other than ruin jogging pants and pantsuits. That's well, what, what happened first. Was it, was it um, Hillary or was it Bill giving... Well, they've always been in, interwoven with Marxism. You could trace it back to Woodrow Wilson. But it's when you allowed them to obtain power in the modern era that the biggest problems happen. And because you never were willing to correct the original socialist Marxist plants that were going to destroy our country, like Social Security, not a big topic to end on, but the biggest problem. And then you started to believe that the welfare system would help people out of poverty rather than attract more people into it and drag others into it. The problem is you believe that you could get along with socialism. You cannot. It is a cancer that metastasizes. And before you know it, Republicans preach it. And before you know it, they're married to Chinese shipping heiresses and in charge of the Senate. That's when you got your back against the wall. The good news is, the silver lining is everybody knows it. It's undeniable. And I think we're going to turn it around. We'll just be a little older. Hopefully we have hair like Napolitano to get through it. I'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.